everyone, and welcome to a special edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works Post Game Show. Today, I am joined by Schnitzel, and we will be reviewing Bayern Munich's 3-2 win over RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. It has just been maybe 10 minutes from full time, and it is 1 a.m. over here in India. So both me and Schnitzel are very tired, very sleepy. So we won't make this too long. So Schnitzel, how do you feel about the game? We just we just saw Bayern get a very crucial win, three points on the board, and um, it wasn't a very easy victory. So what do you have to say about that? I'm definitely happy that we won against quality opposition and that obviously it was a hard-fought game, but I'm certainly not convinced because that wasn't a great performance, all the things considered. And uh, I might sound, you know, a little low on volume and that's probably because I'm trying to be a bit quieter because everyone else around is asleep. So <laughs> I hope that's not an issue. Yeah, it's probably not going to be an issue. Yeah, so okay. let's let's talk about the game. And of course, when you talk about the game, the first thing we have to talk about is the lineup. And Nagelsmann, the lineup he showed, it committed that same sin that I have been talking about on this podcast for months now, which is that he started a back three. And it wasn't even like a back three hybrid, like we saw against her, but it was just straight up back three. It had died. Ubermakano on the bench, which was surprising to me. I expected him to start. So Dari Ubermakano was on the bench. We had Hernandez, Sul, and Pavard in the back three. Then you had Coman and Gnabry as wingbacks. Taliso and Kimmich in midfield with Lewandowski up top with Muller and Sané, you know, as the wide forwards. So the thing about this formation is that I just don't see what it offers to Bayern and I don't understand why Nagelsmann keeps on persisting with it. Today, we saw the main weakness with this Bayern Munich team that without Alfonso Davies, we can't really progress the ball. And with the back three, I think what Nagelsmann is trying to accomplish is that he has all these high-level wingers and he's trying to get them to become like pseudo wingbacks and try and get them to progress the ball instead of, you know, Pavard and Lucas. And I get that he's trying to be creative in solving problems, but this is an issue. It's not working out. You tell me, Schnitzel, what did you think about the back three today? I didn't think the defense did a very good job overall, but I think the back three has a lot of potential, especially if Alfonso Davies is playing, because the whole concept is that, you know, the back three anchors the rest of the team and takes on the defensive duties while also providing more options going forward, because now a wing back is also like another offensive weapon. So, so in the case of Davies, you have a player who can go forward effectively, you know, creating a back three situation uh, at the back. And you could see in Leipzig's, uh, Leipzig's game plan today that Angelino and uh, Mukiele were both basically pseudo-wingers and they kind of terrorized the defense the entire game. So that shows you kind of what Nagelsmann is trying to get out of the back three formation. And it has a lot of potential. We saw against Sata Berlin how good it can be. But this game didn't have the right personnel to execute the plan, I, I think, because you have like Kingsley Comor and Serge Gnabry. They just didn't take that wing-back role quite well. They didn't even track back. So I, I wouldn't a- really agree with that because in my opinion, Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry, they track back as much as can be expected for what is essentially two wingers who are not actually wing-backs. And the thing that you say that the back three might offer some measure of defensive stability but i just don't see it happening you know the thing is that with the back three the center backs they seem to be exposed more often than not because the 
how it used to be on the flick when we had the back four going is that the center backs would push up high, but they would push out wide and the defensive midfielder would drop between them. So it was still a kind of a back three formation, but it was a different kind of back three because the midfielders wouldn't go up as high. It would be like Kimmich would be deep and you had Goretzka linking the defense and the attack. So I get that Gretzka is injured right now, so he can't play. But uh, Tolisso and Musiala, both of them are capable of doing that. But right now, instead of having Kimmich stay as a deep-lying midfielder, deep-lying playmaker, he is going up further and joining in the Gagan press. And that is leading to more and more turnovers in midfield. And it is making it harder, in my opinion, for Kimmich to do his job. The other thing is that out wide, the wingers, the wing backs... They are not really progressing the ball as much as we'd hope. Like they are really struggling with all the 2v1 or 3v1 situations that they keep getting into. And the thing is that with a back four, you can always overlap on the wing. You see with Alfonso Davies and Leroy Sane, they do it regularly. And we saw it with Davies when he was in the treble year. He was overlapping with Perisic. He was overlapping with Coutinho. He was overlapping with Coman, Gnabry, whoever. It was whenever the overlaps were open, that made the back four just shine on the wings. And I don't think that is happening with the back three. And that makes us much more offensively, how should I say it, much more offensively muted. I think you're uh, on the right track uh, with regards to the ball progressing scenario because I, th- I don't think the pseudo wingbacks, uh, so to say, are doing that well in this kind of formation. But I also think that uh, when a defense tries to put, you know, put forth a, an effort, the midfield also has to pitch in with the press and also the defensive duties. And I think the midfield today failed to do just that because uh, Toliso, I kind of feel like he was lost on the pitch. And Yosemite Kimish, although he did do a lot of distance, uh, you know, uh, had a lot of ground covered and tried to chip in whenever possible, he also could have, you know, helped with the defense a little bit more. And that being said, I think the goals we conceded, they were also the result of a few blunders. Like for the first goal, I don't even know what Toliso was doing. And the second goal, Benjamin Pavard just let his man run past him without much resistance. So if those kinds of things happen, regardless of what, you know, the formation is, be it a back four, a back three, you're going to end up with goals conceded because those are individual errors and you need to iron them out because you can't have those kinds of situations against top teams. I guess that's a fair assessment of it. But my question is, the back three seems to me like just a whole set of compromises for benefits that are very, very hard to pin down because you look at be very how you expect... Be very you, fair. We wouldn't yeah. even... We wouldn't even be debating about this if Alfonso Davies was still in the team. I'm not sure about like, that, actually. I'm not sure. I'm, because I, I will tell you this. I, Nagelsmann has been trying to switch to a back three for a very long time. And even if Alfonso Davies were available, I think Nagelsmann would still have this back three going. It might work better because we'd have Alfonso Davies in the wing back row. But even so, I don't think Nagelsmann is going to give up on this back three set of anytime soon. And that really worries me because he seems very much married to this idea of having the back three. Uh, I wouldn't say it's as much married as it is about tactical flexibility. Like he's shown that he can play a back four quite a few times this season and he has done that to devastating effect. But he has also shown that he can be equally as successful with a back three and we have won a lot of games playing a back three and some of them have been super convincing dominant performances. So I think, you know, overall... Yeah, we have won quite a few games with a back three. Against good, good opposition? Because you tell me, like, I mean, like, we, we, we destroyed Hertha Berlin and, but like Hertha Berlin, they they are not good opposition. RB Leipzig is good opposition. So that's how it is just like, 
how should I say you know, that is you know, just it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because earlier in the season you were the one saying that RB Leipzig are quite a team so <laughs> you know it's but it's, they it's, were that was that was under Jesse Marsh yeah. so now they now they are looking much better like before we faced them they had a perfect record in 2022 so fair enough this has been like what one game <laughs> two games in 2022. <laughs> yeah, so that's anyway, how it is yeah. and the thing is that how should I say it? like we probably should keep talking about this because the thing about the defense is like I don't think it really is just individual errors. Like we both agree right now that the defense is not where it should be. And in my opinion, like I know this will be a controversial, but in my opinion, defense has really not improved from what it was under flick in fact it's gotten worse the only reason we conceded as many that as we did under flick then, wow. well the way i say You're it is that the only reason the defense has become worse the oh only reason we conceded that many goals under flick is because the team was tired okay we were playing so many games so many fixtures so much congestion okay the reason that we're conceding this many goals under nagelsman is because the tactics are all wrong okay under flick we saw we saw in the treble year that his tactics are proven and they do amazingly well. Okay. But the thing about Gagan pressing is you need a lot of stamina to do it. And our stamina was just hammered when that congested season happened in 2020, 2020, 2021. So the thing is that this season, look at how much time Nagelsmann has. He had a short preseason to get ready. And then he also had a short winter break. And then another two weeks right afterwards where he just had how should I say it? He had another two weeks where he could prepare his team once again. And this is the result. So I just don't like, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I don't see anything that's getting better with the defense. I think this is a very, very good topic, you know, to have a very detailed discussion on some other day. But I think just talking about the defense the entire time does little justice to a post-game that should cover more aspects. Like, for example, shambolic performances from Toliso. And it was pretty poor from Serge Gnabry and Kings Dicoma overall because they were just, I mean, the poor decision. Well, they, one got a goal and one got an assist. Again, so. again, to haunt, haunt yeah, but like, what, out of like 50 chances? They, yeah. I mean, this... Let's be frank, the, the decision-making was terrible today. Like, I don't know why, I mean, what it's with them, like, Nabri being hot and cold throughout and, like, Kingsley come on just missing the target or just fluffing chances as he drags the ball, you know, towards goal. Lewandowski just doesn't trust Kingsley come on anymore. He just prefers dribbling by himself. So that kind of explains a lot. So the thing is that this is what Nagelsmann wants, though. And I remember linking, uh, what should I say? I remember linking a video to Nagelsmann and Rangnick discussing Nagelsmann's buying tactics. And there, Nagelsmann said that he always wants as many people crowding the box and as many people taking shots as possible. Because statistically, the more people you have taking shots inside the box, the more likely it is that a goal will go in. And that makes sense when you think about all the attackers as created equal. But we know for a fact that Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman, when they take shots, it's very different to when someone like Robert Lewandowski or Thomas Wunder takes a shot. They are not clinical. They are not that good at converting their chances. So when... Nagelsmann makes a system where guys like Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman and even Leroy Sané. Leroy Sané has been great this season, but I think Leroy Sané's shooting is terrible. Like he scores these wonder goals from time to time, but his normal chance conversion, he's underperforming his XG quite significantly. And this is one thing that I mentioned in my half season review that he needs to be scoring these chances much more often. And this was another example today. I think he missed two clear chances, especially one right near the end where he got a layoff from Muziala. So these guys, they are not that clinical. And when you're 
funneling, like let's say you get a 10 chances a game and out of those, maybe only three fall to Lewandowski, you are probably scoring fewer goals than if you get like say 15 chances a game, but only two fall to Lewandowski. Okay. So I, I hope I'm making like a cohesive argument because it's like almost 1.30 a.m. and my brain is quite quite um I can, I can it's going it's yeah, going yeah. it's going, going all over the, same, the place same thing so yeah the, the thing, thing is that that's how i though, say it about the yeah about your argument i understand about the clinic clinical part of you know the finishing and how navri and Komar might not be the most clinical of finishers but i think uh as much as it is about like placing the ball in the right place you know when you're taking a shot I think it's also more to, like, my point was more to do with the timing. Like, I don't know why Kingsley Komar and Serge Gnabry just fluff up that timing. Like, if it's during a counterattack, they don't make that pass at that instant when it can be the most, you know, decisive or most destructive. They just take too much time on the ball and that results in more defenders coming into play and that lessens the chance of a goal. And if you look at Thomas Miller and Robert Lewandowski, it just takes like two or three seconds for them to make the decision, even less than that, a fraction of a second, and the ball ends in the back of the net. So they have to be better with the timing. You want to say so something? Schnitzel, the thing is that, I'll be honest with you, the reason is pretty obvious. The reason is because Serge Gnabry and Kingsley Coman, they just aren't that good. Like the level that you are talking about, where they make the right decision, like maybe more times than they don't, that is a very high level of football. And I don't think Kingsley Coman and Serge Gnabry are ever going to reach that level. They are not Robin and Ribéry, and they're not going to be. And asking them to be what Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski already are, I think that's just a lost cause. And I think Nagelsmann should be gearing his team around that. He should understand that these guys aren't that reliable and therefore put the burden of scoring and the burden of creation onto the guys who are more reliable than they are. Either that or switch to Jamal Muziala on the wings. Jamal Muziala, I think, is much more reliable, much better decision-making than both Coman and Gnabry. Should have had an assist today, if not for Sané. And in my opinion, Muziala has proven himself more than capable of starting games for this club. I understand that Nagelsmann sees on him as a Thiago type. Yeah. Yeah. Thiago it's type. And because, like, it's, uh, yeah. is getting fewer chances than Buna Zara at this point. You know, yeah, just, that is the one thing that I I can I can sense start. that you really want to talk about it because oh boy, yeah, Zabitzer, he, he's not. You know, what does he have to do to actually you know get any sort of proper like time against any opposition in his preferred position? Like, if he even starts for more than forty five minutes, it's at the LB position or some other position that's just so random and out of place. And if he gets to start in midfield, it's only for like the last five or six minutes of a game, which is super disappointing because the whole point of bringing in Zabitza was that he would be a quality midfield rotation option and also because of what he has to offer as a number eight or number 10 but seemingly uh I don't know what Nagelsmann's plans are for Zabitza moving forward but he is you know fine with starting Muziala over Zabitza at this point which is just really well, Muziala has been better than Zabitza midfield. yeah but Muziala even in midfield the wings even in midfield he's been better than Zabitza and that's and that's what matters like Zabitza thing is that I know your complaints about Zabitzer, but Zabitzer has not been good. And in the game against RB Leipzig, Nagelsmann can't take that chance. He will, I think, given how Teresa performed today, he Zabitzer will get a chance soon. Like, he has to get a chance soon. And I think that chance will be, like, it, it'll be a make-or-break moment for him because he will need to perform well. And 
Zabitzer in his cameo today, I think he was okay. No, no catastrophic errors. He almost got an assist. I think. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The so, so of the game, he did really well with a one-two. Yeah. I mean, it was a dying moment. So, what can you really say about that? But, like, yeah, yeah, he did. He did do decently, and I think that bodes well for him if he can. Like, how should I say? If he can move on. But the thing is that a lot of our players this season have been very inconsistent. Like, other than Lewandowski, Muller. Neuer and Davies, I would say none of our players have been truly consistently amazing every single game they play. Even Sane, who yeah. I think is right outside that, um, how should I say, right outside that group, even he has had some off games where he has actually scored or assisted. So that is one problem with Bayern Munich that is not going away with Nagelsmann. That is that I agree with that actually. Like the, the inconsistency needs to be, you know, ironed out because yeah. that is becoming a big issue. And also, I think. I don't know why Nagelsmann's starting to take a lot more time with the substitutions because before, like early in the season, he was he looked much better with the subs. Like he made them. Yeah, at the right earlier time. in the season, we just and looked now, better overall. You know, why is Beliso playing for sixty-five minutes if he's like this bad? Is the question. I don't. I don't know. Like I think. I think Nagelsmann just feels like half, half he doesn't want to really uh, switch things up in a game where things can just one sub can turn things on its head. Because you remember the last game against Hertha, he brought on Ubermakan, an immediate goal conceded because of an Ubermakan mistake. And that's happened more and more often. There was one game where he brought Nyanzu on, and Nyanzu made a mistake, immediate goal conceded. So because And there was another game where Zabitza came on, and I think he made a mistake. I can't exactly remember this, but this has happened more and more often this season, and that's made him reluctant to make these kind of substitutions, and I see why. So that's kind of like where he is at at this particular time and also we didn't get to see any Paul Wanner minutes so I'm kind of disappointed but that's about yeah. it for my assessment of this game Schnitzel do you have any closing arguments closing thoughts on Bayern Munich's 3-2 win yeah it's just tough being Bayern Munich manager which we all knew and I mean he's Bayern, paid 25 about... million for him it better be tough yeah <laughs> fair and for Bayern, anything above, uh, anything below like a three nil or four nil thumping victory is considered like a disappointment. So I can understand, you know, people being disappointed. But like we're at the moment nine points at the top of the table, so not a lot to complain about. But I suppose the performances have to get better if we are to withstand, you know, teams like Liverpool and Manchester City in the Champions League. If we are exactly, them, so. exactly that that is the thing to beat Liverpool, to beat Manchester City, to win. The Champions League. That is what we want from a Bayern Munich manager. I mean, if Nagelsmann does that, then he could well be, you know, I mean, I would say that that 25 million was super well spent. because yeah, If he wins the Champions League, we immediately bump him up to, what, fourth best Bayern manager of all time? <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. yeah he needs um, to win two Champions League trophies to go above yeah, you all should, the other managers. So. To all the people listening, comment on which Champions League winning managers I put above Nagelsmann if he were to win. And, well, that is pretty much it for us today. From me and Schnitzel, we wish you a very good night. This was Bavarian Podcast Works. You can find us on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcasting platform you listen to. Be sure to like us, rate us, and join our blog to join the discussion. We always reply to comments, so feel free to do that. We have a wonderful community, and we will see you next time. Good night.